0: okay good morning everybody good morning. how is everyone feeling today good. wonderful good great grand. i'm glad i have to log back into my computer because apparently it times out there we go all right cool um before i jump in you can never have enough prayer in a church so let me just say another quick word of prayer to get things started we can roll this morning father i thank you for this morning and for this opportunity just to really deliver the thing that you've laid on my heart and just join together in fellowship with all these people that love you and all these people are just great and Thank you for the fact that we all love each other, Lord Jesus, and for the fact that we want to bless you and we're all here to just serve you and glorify you and do what we can to glorify you and make you, Lord Jesus, more famous in our lives. So I do pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would show me how to do that well. Show me how to really make you more famous and how to glorify you and please you at all with all that I do, Lord Jesus. Um, so with your spirit, give me your grace and peace to know what things you want me to say and do that would let me please you and glorify you. Great Holy Spirit, you let us all just enjoy each other in fellowship and do what we can to honor you with clean hands and pure your hearts today. And invite your presence into this talk this morning, Lord Jesus, and I pray you show us the things you want us to do to please you with this day. So we thank you, Lord, you're crazy. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Can you guys hear me in the back? Everybody good? Cool. I get a lot of thumbs up. So this is weird because I'm like, my face is right there. It's like being on the Jumbotron. If you guys came here hoping for a PowerPoint, I'm sorry to disappoint you. You know, I'm up for discipline in the church next week, so don't worry about it. Um, Yeah. Like Tad had said, marriage is a huge topic that uh, enjoy that I love a lot because the Lord has really blessed me in that area. It's not specifically I mean, yes, leading up to marriage, that's the thing that's on my heart. It's more like character development and what does it take to get to a good spot where you can be married or will be, will be healthily married as you serve the Lord. Um, I can honestly speak with authority on this topic because yes, God has given me a very blessed and peaceful marriage. My lovely wife isn't in here at the moment because she's caring for a new blessing of a baby boy. That was a quick Yeah. Commercial. yeah. See what I did there? It was a quick commercial plug-in for the ladies over there. (laughs) Great times. But what I want to talk about is what do you need to do and how do you live a life that lets you honor the Lord and gets you prepared for marriage? Because it's a next to serving the Lord and committing your life to him, who you marry is like the second most important decision you can ever make, ever. Next to, well, what career am I going to take or what church am I going to start or yada, yada, yada? This is probably the second. No, I believe this is the second most important decision you can make ever. And so I was thinking about, well, how can I talk to like the men in this church about that? Uh, I was thinking about that initially, and I thought, what's a great passage to go to to talk to men about this? Proverbs 31. Who would have thought? (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Proverbs 31 is the passage that talks about the godly wife, the godly mother, a godly woman. It's like how in the world do you talk about a man through that topic? It's crazy. It's something the Lord laid in my heart. So I thought, well, if I'm going to talk to the men here today, I think I can also talk to the women as well. Given I am not a godly woman, I have never been a godly woman, and I never will be, never will be a godly woman. So, I mean, the ladies can correct me afterwards and all the things that I mess up, and they can mop up the mess that I make afterward. But I'm going to be talking about uh, character traits in a godly woman coming from Proverbs 31 and how ideally in the God-ordained context that God, like, ideally it should be like this. Proverbs 31 is a mother speaking to a son about a woman and what this woman would look like in terms of marriage, you know, as a wife and a mother. Now, disclaimer for all that, we live in a fallen and broken world, which means it didn't pan out this way for everybody, which means we had a lot of men fail in our culture and abandon their families and hurt a lot of people and leave a lot of damage in single mothers, fatherless children and so forth. That's the context that I grew up in. And so just because I'm preaching in this manner, it doesn't necessarily mean that, well, I guess I can only be this great godly woman or I can only be this great godly man if I'm only in marriage, but I can never do it up to that. Not true. We serve a God who redeems. Amen. Amen. We serve a God who can heal those deep wounds we have and who can make us more conformed to the image of Christ as we serve him. And so, yes, it'd be great if we lived in a nice uh, godly marriage with a godly family. But for those of you who come from, let's say like a divorce background, with a lot of wounds and a lot of brokenness, or for the ladies who aren't even married. These are things that we can strive for as we seek the Lord. And these are character qualities that he will definitely implement, not only women, but in men too, as we serve him and obey him. And so with that, let me jump into Proverbs 31 and just read the passage to you. To get started, I'm going to start at verse 10. Go all the way to verse 31. So Proverbs 31, 10 Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her property. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand, hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. So <clears throat> breaking this whole mess of what a godly woman is that's a very high standard that the bible sets. Just because, you know, nobody meets the standard perfectly doesn't mean oh man, I guess if I'm not doing it completely 100% well, I'm not doing it at all. No, it's not like that. Committing to the Lord Jesus is an all or nothing commitment. Yes, you either serving with everything or nothing. But the goal to strive for, the standard to try to reach it, is this one. Just because, you know, in some areas we fall short of it, whatever. The Bible also lays out good standards for godly men in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 3, and so on and so forth. Just because the men in our church, you know, we, we really strive for those standards and we can say, yeah, we maybe don't get that one quite well. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're exempt. Now you're disqualified from being a godly woman or a godly man because you don't suit all of those qualifications perfectly. This is the thing to, st- to strive for. Over a lifetime of sanctification, as you follow the Lord Jesus, this is what you should be building yourself towards and aiming for as the goal. And as we, as we grow in our walk with the Lord. So everybody knows uh, as we are serving the Lord, the Holy spirit corrects us and guides us over time and shows us step-by-step step how to obey him, what things need to be fixed. He reveals sin issues that are just like, ah, where did that come from? I didn't know that was there for all those years. So it's a process. <coughs> so what I'm trying to get across is the fact that there is grace here. So I don't want anyone to feel condemned. They're like, Oh man, they didn't meet that standard. I'm a horrible person. now. Lord loves us. He wants us to grow. He wants to prosper. If you do feel like there's something that should be, you know, changed or corrected because the Lord is speaking to you, let him change that area very hard. So starting off verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife? Who can find him? That's the first part of verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? Even just starting off right there. That leads a question that I can ask a lot of the guys here, men in the room. What kind of woman are you looking for? Are you searching for a virtuous wife? Or are you looking for a woman that just chases after the world? Are you looking for someone that's got all the good looks and is making a lot of money or whatever, but their character is poor? What is it that you're looking for in a woman? Also, to the women in the church, are you living a life of virtue? Are you living a life of virtue? Who can find a virtuous wife is what it says. So many people spend so much effort trying to focus on like outward appearance and you know what is it this person is you know has that I enjoy a lot. It could be, um, hey, we get to, we got together at the bar and it was great. We had a good time. It could be just experiences. It could be material items. It could be things that are just very worldly. The Lord looks at like character traits in the heart. So how much time do you spend investing in character development? And by character development, I mean how much time do you spend? growing in your understanding of who Christ is and becoming more like him. And as we know, the best way to do that is just by getting to know his word and conforming yourself to his word. But <clears throat> so many people spend so much time trying to like say, well, I just need to get out there and find the one. I'm not, I'm not concerned if I'm ready or not. I just need to go out there and be like, find the person. Who's, I'm, how do I find this right person? How do I find the right one? I mean, technically the Bible doesn't really say much about the one. What I like to focus on a lot more is what our old pastor back in uh, Denver, Pastor Jeff Worsentrop said. He said, instead of trying to find, uh, spend your time finding the one, why don't you spend your time being the one? Why not make your time being the right person, being that godly person that chases after the Lord with all her and mind, and strength? And then eventually, as you're serving the Lord, you're going to come across that person that's doing the same thing and pow, You know, you will meet. <laughs> it'll be a great time. You're going to have to, you know, fix a few injuries afterwards, but it'll be great. <laughs> so I say, who can find a virtuous wife? What does it even mean to be virtuous what does that word even mean when they're saying virtuous <clears throat> hebrew here talks about a woman who expresses like strength might ability efficiency so on and so forth uh basically a virtuous wife here is equal to what the bible says in like old testament times to like a man who's like a man of valor strong character man he's doing great things something along those lines obviously men can't be women we're all equal before the lord but God created man differently from women and vice versa. We are two distinct genders. God made it that way. That's just how it is. So how do we find a virtuous wife? What is a virtuous wife? This is a woman who has that strength and that valor and that dignity that she developed or that she had developed in her as she grew in her fear and walk the Lord. This is something that she got over time that she, it doesn't just happen overnight, although we think that some people were this pond like, holy cow, how did you get here? You're just an amazing person. It takes time. It takes growth. It takes development. It's something that will, the Lord will grow in your heart as you grow. And so when it means virtue, when the Bible says virtuous, are you living this life that sets that standard of like, hey, I'm going to pursue the Lord and live this life of character, of excellence, of dignity as I serve the Lord. And so even as I'm talking about this i can ask the ladies in the church are you living a life according to this standard or is there something else that you're pursuing in this church is there something else in the world that's got your attention that says yes jesus has this for me i kind of want this more whatever this thing may be could be a career could be other worldly relationships could be who knows are you serving the lord and pursuing what he considers virtuous what he considers valuable and so it's easy to go off the word virtuous quite a bit but then like how do we go further on that when Verse 10 here talks about finding a virtuous wife. The second part of that verse says, for her worth is far above rubies. Why in the world would the writer here compare a virtuous wife to rubies of all things? Does anybody know anything about rubies in here? I don't know if we have any. jewelers. They are red. So any wife that wears red color. They are red. I was doing a little bit of research on it and there are some rubies out there that are valued over $1 million a carat. Like that's crazy, it's a precious stone, one of the most valuable stones we have in the world. And so if that's the case, it sort of begs the question, if you had this precious stone, maybe not just one carat worth, a very small amount, you had a huge stone that was a ruby, I'll ask this to everybody in here, what would you do if you had that ruby? How would you treat it? Please don't. <laughs> the so Let's say that option's out of the picture, you're not selling it, what would you do with it? <laughs> Take care of it. Protect it. Any other thoughts, ideas, show it, off. show it off. That's a good one. Show it off. So if you had something that's very precious like this, this going kind of wraps up this verse by saying who can find a virtuous wife, man, are you looking? And do you see women as something that is that precious? Do you value women in that sense to say, this is a, a, a this is somebody created in the image of God that is worth, you know, well over $1 million a carrot, somebody that's precious, somebody that needs to be protected, somebody that needs to be cared for, somebody that I can, hey, if this is, this woman's mine, I can show her off the world. Is this something, is that, is that how you view women? You know, as the men, uh, well, as we have a society with men that are failing continually, sadly, the culture has tried to force men to objectify women to make them seem as if they're just objects meant for a man's disposal. And then once we're done with it, we can toss it aside and move on to the next thing. That's not a precious gem. That's not how God created women. That's not what men were meant to do. Sadly, we've been through a lot of that. And that's what men are doing in our society. It's why we're failing as men. I think it's a large part, part of why the culture is failing. So men, do you see ladies that way with that kind of value, that kind of worth? I haven't even gotten into a lot of the details of how you know, valuable and precious a gem like that is, but is that how you see men? Or is that how you see women? Ladies, do you see yourself that way? Do you see yourself with that kind of value and dignity? Like, hey, this is, I'm made of the image of God. God created me with value, with worth. This is who I am. I'm very precious in his sight. Or do we buy into the cultural lies and say, no, nah, I'm really not that much. I can just kind of give myself away and do whatever I want with my body or whatever because it's not that valuable. Negative. God created us with value and worth. He says we are precious in his sight. We are valuable to him particularly in context of what I'm talking about women. Yes, you are precious, you are valuable, you are cherished. Men have a responsibility to care for the women in their lives, if not generally care for women, you know, as we're we're supposed to be the, like the frontiers of our culture. Men are supposed to be the ones leading, taking strong stances on things we're supposed to. We're just not, that's the problem. So this got lost. So even in terms of like dating and building for character, you know, stuff like that, are we setting good standards that protect this woman and her like value as are we saying hey i'm not going to violate her in any way i'm not going to do anything that crosses any sorts of boundaries that would violate her conscience that would violate the biblical standard am i setting good parameters there to where i don't value that and to where i cherish this person and preserve her and make her everything she's supposed to be is that what men are doing nowadays you should be so who can find a virtuous wife um okay so for those of you who've been to bible college you're supposed to give your presentation, talk about the scripture and then like give your application at the end. I'm going to throw it out the window. I'm going to give application right now because again, uh, who can find a virtuous wife? In all honesty, I very much did. I can speak in authority on this. I found a virtuous wife who is a gem, who is that Ruby. I'm not trying to say this to say, look at me, everybody. I'm great. I am nothing apart from the Lord. What business do I have at all? Considering my background, enjoying a peaceful, godly marriage with a wonderful wife who sacrifices so much for us, who is one to bear a child. What what? And what, why do I have any right to have this wonderful child that we have and start a godly legacy? You know, I came from a fatherless background, abusive parents, so on and so forth. Nikki did the same thing. You know, she asked the same question. Like, what, what business do I have having a good marriage? We don't have any business doing it. But because our God is very kind, because he is gracious and merciful, that's where I'm at today. That's where we're at. The Kaiser of because of who he is. Praise the <laughs> Lord Jesus for how he has redeemed our life and he's let us live this. <clears throat> What I'm trying to get across here is who can find that virtuous wife. Don't feel condemnation. Well, I guess I never will. So I guess I just should stop looking. No, Lord can redeem your life. He can make you into the person that he wants you to be as the one. He can lead you in that direction. God is good to us. He longs to prosper you, not harm you. He can make this in your life. Even if you've been through a wounded past, if you're willing to let him into that wound, into that damage, he can heal it. He can redeem it. He can lead you to that area of prosperity. Once again, ideally god wants a man to be married to a woman have a prosperous blessed family if you're not there yet god can use you where you're at too and bless your life there as well so in terms of standards dating marriage so forth who can find the virtuous wife well, the value is far above rubies verse 11 the heart of her husband safely trusts her that's the first part i'm gonna stop there have you ever thought about someone in your life that you safely trust What qualities does that person show where you can safely trust them? Any thoughts? Truthfulness. Truthfulness. Discretion. 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 Loyalty. Loyalty, that's another one. So how do a husband safely trusts her? How do they differ from somebody that you do not trust? Somebody that you are stressed out about when you're not around like, oh my gosh, what is this person out there doing now? How can I, you know, what kind of mess am I have to clean up when I go home? What kind of mess am I have to mop up when I like look at the bank records and everything? How can we apply this to men? Again, the beautiful thing about this passage is yes, it does talk about what a godly woman should look like, but it's also a uh, can be a reflection of what men should be doing in order for this woman to function, in order for this wife and mother to function the way God wanted her to. So, The heart of a husband safely trusts her men. Are you setting a standard in your life, in your home, that would allow for this wife to be trusted with something? Are you, does she know what she needs to be trusting? Does she know very clearly what she should be striving for? What kind of goals you set in the home? Men. Take a look at Ephesians 5, real quick. A lot of us know Ephesians 5 as you know the marriage passage where, oh my gosh, wives submit your husbands. Dirty word, don't say that. Husbands, love your wives. Ephesians 5, let me start at 22. I'm going to have to kind of go through this because we're going to run out of time. But 522, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the, Christ, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. So in our culture, we like to say, oh, my gosh, this is such a chauvinistic, you know, negative passage. Just for quick bearance, you notice how Paul says like this much to the ladies' wives but he says like this much to the guys right after the guys, you've got a lot of instruction here, you got a lot of work to do. This. So that's not saying anything negative about the women, It's just saying God puts a lot more pressure on the men, because we have, you know, if a man is meant to, if a man is meant to be leading a wife, there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work that will come with it because God wants us to make sure we are taking very thorough care of this woman and we are doing our job very well. So, so it does say right here that the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. It doesn't mean the husband gets to trample over the wife and just abuse her and just kick her to the side and say, you know, go mow my lawn and give me a beer or something. <laughs> Not really a good idea. Don't do that. If you're meant to be head of the household, men, do you know how to set a mission statement for your life? Not just for your household, but for your life. Guys, are you clearly living a life that Vividly shows you're following the Lord, you're pursuing Him. You've got, you know, God's goal, you've got God's calling in, in check for your life. You know what He's telling you to do, you know where you're meant to be going. Is that where you're headed? And do you know how to build a household around that to where a wife can be, you know, safely trusted with that? Do you know how to set that kind of standard for your home, for your life? Honestly, the argument for men leading the household is set all throughout Scripture. I've yet to find a passage that said, a passage that says, the ladies are supposed to be leading, you know, this is yada, yada, yada. And then some people might say, What about Deborah? a minute. That was because the men were not leading, and so God needed somebody, and she was actually willing to do it. So, again, a culture where men are failing and are not doing what they're supposed to do. This is what we're supposed to be doing. So, guys, are you clearly leading your life in a way that shows God's agenda and God's will for your life? Do you say, "Yeah, that's a godly man right there. He knows where he's going. He's got that confidence. He is set in check with the Lord every day. He's clearly serving. Him. He's clearly following. You can see this guy's walk with the Lord. It's just a man of God. You can see that." Um, so part of that mission statement, uh, mentality for men is we're supposed to be setting the the pace for our household. We're supposed to be making the decisions that God has told us to do. So our family can follow us. We can go safely where the Lord calls us to, uh, which also means that we're supposed to be guiding and leading the ladies in our life in the direction of the Lord. And so going back to Ephesians chapter five, up in verse 25, husbands love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave so for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So, going back to the idea of wife safely trusting husband, husband, are you setting that pace that standard to where the wife can be safely trusted with something? Does she know what she's supposed to be safely trusted with? Are you ensuring that she's able to be trusted with this thing? Are you? continually regularly cleansing her with the washing of the water and the word as the scripture says to you in other words it's like men you're supposed to be the pastor for your wife basically you're supposed to be mentoring your wife showing her things about scripture that she didn't when she comes to you with a passage you know hey what does this thing what does this mean in scripture i don't understand this what is i i can't make any sense of it it is the man's responsibility to say you know what i can either teach you about this or i don't know let me go get an answer for you let me find out We have a responsibility to be training our wives and teaching them about the word and helping them grow in godliness. So if that's our responsibility, are we living that life of godliness? Once again, I keep begging the same question. And so now let's go to what the passage is actually talking about. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Ladies, are you living a life of integrity and honesty? So if you are with a man or if you intend to be, will he know that he can trust you with that same confidence? you know he can have that trust in you so like studying this idea out of safely trusting someone trying to look at the language behind it and try to do some research into it it shows that uh, the idea behind safely trusting someone here is like the same concept used for like when men were guarding a castle or something like that where they were out in battle and they were standing on that like castle wall or like a bridge or something they were just firmly planted on it they were just standing there saying yeah we're just doing life this is great It's the idea of a man being able to trust somebody with that same confidence. Like, I have no doubt that I'm sitting in this chair right now. It's there. I'm totally secure in it. I'm standing on this concrete floor. This is great. I have no doubts it's going to let out under me. Do the ladies live that kind of life of integrity and of honesty for, for the Lord, honestly? Do we live that kind of life? I was thinking about this and reflecting on the fact that early, early on, before I had met Nikki or around the time I had met Nikki, we had this friend in our life. We'll just call this person Jerry white cherry came to mind female co-worker of mine uh told she might have been born again but she just lived a reckless life addicted to alcohol drugs could not keep her finances in order she was struggling with bulimia all sorts of things um but she wanted to come to church with me one time and again this is before i met nikki this is you know the end before nikki Uh, we were talking and I, the thought crossed my mind well, what if i date this woman totally bad idea told no just not even go there nikki knows exactly what i'm talking about but <laughs> looking at this person's life, she would just compulsively buy things. She would constantly be out with different guys almost every night of the week. It's like, if you're living this life, and if I would have married that person, that would have been a disaster. That would have just been horrible. Now, this person is deceived, needs a lot of sanctification from the Lord, and the Lord wants to redeem and heal her life and show her her value and worth. But she was just so bound up and deceived and not surrendered. She wanted to do her own thing. The point is that had i married somebody like that i would have to continually worry about the fact like oh my god did she just go out and compulsively buy all these things that we don't need again is she out cheating on me what's going on we have that same confidence in our ladies that are saying hey i can trust her i know she's loyal i know she's not going to mess anything up i can trust her with this household the heart of a husband We trust her so people he have no lack of game the point is we have that confidence in our wife No, this is a woman of solid character i know for a fact i can trust her i know for a fact she's going to do everything that i Ask her to; she's going to follow that mission in her household. Life is going to be good because God made this one into a blessing. I know she's going to bless our house because of it. So let me skip past a few notes because we got to keep going. Let me go over to verse thirteen. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Let me take a glance at that first part of verse thirteen. She seeks wool and flax. I mean, the idea here is simple. You have a woman who knows how to find the right type of products for what purpose? To contribute to the mission of the household. Again, he has God intended this to be the structure, ideally, where the man sets the mission for the household, the woman's out there getting the right kind of things. You know, she's a woman who seeks one flag. She knows how to find the right things that are needed for a home. And she willingly works with her hands. So not only is this a woman who's skilled at going out there and like getting the right products and everything like that, but this is a woman who's also willing to just get into manual labor. Who's willing to just do some down and dirty work where it's needed. Not somebody who thinks, I mean, guys should be treating ladies like a princess. They should. But this woman who's like, I'm just far above manual labor. I don't do that. I just need to sit around and eat, you know, bonbons and do my nails. (laughs) Not necessarily ideal. That's not always a bad thing, but if that's your lifestyle, you might want to bring that before the Lord. So verse 14 She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Thinking about the idea of bringing your food from afar, once again, it's kind of being the same uh, as verse 13 is. Another positive trait about this woman is that she provides food for a household and knows exactly where to get it. For those of us who are either married or like have some female friends or dating, whatever it may be, how many of us guys know in here that like women somehow have this really crazy gift you just know how to find all the right bargains and sales everywhere, and just not again. <laughs> you know that? That's like a gift. It's somehow an inherent talent women have. I don't know how you got it, but it's just how uniquely God made you. I'll just put that. Women know how to like go find the right ads and find the specific sales for this right thing, and then you know, I just gather everything that's great, save the most amount of money in doing it, and just like this is great. They can just maximize their bank accounts by doing it. Whereas guys are like, I don't know, just take me to Domes. I'll buy a burger and make like, some buns or something. We'll get everything from one. Yeah, the women know how to like hunt down, seek and find these things. and It's just great. I don't know how ladies know how to do that, but you do, it's a blessing. We enjoy that a lot. <clears throat> and so going back to verse 14, if we're going to have a woman that is able to do this, that is able to provide effectively for her household, find all these great things, go afar, go to the right places and bring the right kinds of food, so on and so forth, If the men are meant to be the uh, the head of the household, another question I'm going to ask the guys in here is, Men, if you're the one responsible for your household, are you able and are you willing to provide the money and resources needed for your wife to be this incredible like food hunter, basically? Are you willing to live that kind of lifestyle? doesn't mean that the women can't be working. You know, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But are you living a life, guys, that provides for your family? Is that something you're willing to do? something you want to do or do you just want to sit around and play video games all day and hope that money comes in somehow? Not a great goal to be striving for. I mean, the latter. Yeah. If you're going to live a life of godliness. <clears throat> Men, are you willing to work hard, sacrifice for family, provide so your wife, so your wife can live this lifestyle? Again, broken families, <laughs> broken backgrounds. Ideally, we should be having this godly family context. If you're living in single parenthood or whatever it may be, the Lord's going to be the one that provides for you. Ideally, the church should be also pouring into your life as well and helping you in these circumstances, but the Lord's going to be the one to provide for you. Ultimately, he's the one that's governing this entire thing. Jesus setting the frame for the household, men following Jesus, wife following husband, so on and so forth. That's how it's supposed to work. So guys, are you saying this kind of standing for your household to where your wife can live comfortably, to where your family can be comfortable, knowing that she needs or she can get what she needs because she's following you? Do women have that kind of comfort in the man in their life? kind of what it's going down to in a sense <clears> then <throat> are you being responsible enough to be able to bring in that kind of income to be able to bring in that kind of provision to be able to set this kind of standard for the house to where we know the things in our household will be provided for something to think about in our society let's get down to verse 15 <clears throat> she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household how does a godly woman rise while it is yet night means you're an early The ris- kind of person likes to get up early in the morning now it says specifically here she also rises while well it is yet night and provides food for her household sure this is a woman getting up early to provide for her household we will also throw in the nice little you know refuge fellowship mix ladies are you getting up early to spend your time at the ward and men have you also set that kind of standard in your to where hey we're going to get up early before the world starts rushing around and business comes in are we getting them really to seek the Lord and to spend our time with him make sure that comes in first so we can better prepare for our household? Or are we the kind of person that likes to stay up late at night, go out to I don't know, Aggieville, get crazy, wasted, have party life, sleep until noon, you know, and then miss out on so much of the day. What are your priorities in life? It's kind of what this is boiling down to. Now, I mean, living those kind of, doing those kind of things on occasion may not be bad. Please don't get drunk. Not a good thing. Don't do that. Staying up with friends, having late, you know, like New Year's Eve, that kind of thing occasionally doing those kind of things may not be bad. If that's your lifestyle, a challenge to both men and women is, you may want to reconsider that. Bring it before the Lord, see what he has to say. Is that really preparing you to maximize your abilities and godliness, to maximize, maximize your character and godliness? Things to think about. So skipping down to verse 16 now, if I'm going a little quickly, I apologize. Again, we have to be out of here for a certain time. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard so this one i had to think about for a little bit she considers a field and buys it what does that tell you about this woman that the bible is describing this is a woman who is skilled with like real estate and marketing and business a woman who can consider like evaluate say this is a good purchase this is a woman who knows how to do well in like marketing and she's basically a very like business-minded financially stable a person who has skills in this area, these areas this woman knows how to see a good investment and then like john she's very skilled in these ways she knows how to find things that will be a good profit now in context she knows how to use these skills to better benefit the home and better profit the home um <clears throat> the idea behind like considering a field also refers to the idea of like evaluating like looking over thinking very concisely about is this something that's going to benefit us or is this something that's not The opposite of that would be somebody who's reckless, somebody who doesn't care, somebody who doesn't make wise investments. This doesn't mean that the only way a woman can succeed is if she's either a real estate agent or a business person or whatever. It's just saying that women have ingenuity. Women are very gifted. Women know how to think through things very well. There are oftentimes women know how to use these skills very strategically in order to help better like their own life as they follow the Lord. If you're in singleness or if you're in a godly household, to better your household? This is just part of how God created women. Women aren't meant to be like, Mindless zombies that just say "just." So I was being an alien, no, because they're fully grown adults. They know how to think. They're very gifted. They're very skilled. Women <laughs> I are just as valuable as men in that sense. <clears throat> and so, kind of moving on into that. <clears throat> just right... Lost my spot here. One second. She considers a field of from her for profit, she plants a vineyard. How many of us in here knows what it takes to run a vineyard? Any ideas? A vineyard takes a lot of work. Now, I mean, it could be a small one, it could be a big one. Point is, uh, you take a look at Isaiah 5:2 for a minute. It just gives a brief description of what a vineyard is and I'll just read it to you. Isaiah 5:2, he dug it up and cleared, it, cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest uh, vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine precedent. So he expected to bring forth good grapes but it brought forth wild bridge. So the point is, if a woman here knows how to like find a good vineyard and invest in it, this takes a lot of work. If you're going to get a plot of land, plant a vineyard in it, make this work, you have to get a vineyard where you're going to have people that are like in there clearing out stones regularly. You're uh, managing the wine, you're selling out there, getting you know wine built up, uh, selling it. So this is like not just oh hey, this is a side hobby. This is like the kind of thing where women can come in, manage people to help run this thing well make a profit because you're selling a lot of product that comes from it this is like a huge investment is what i'm trying to get at so god clearly made women in this way to where they are very gifted they are talented they can do these things very well in context god is saying ideally if a woman can do this how can we apply this into a godly household how can we maximize efforts in a godly household doesn't mean that women can't succeed in the workplace doesn't mean that i'm not saying anything like that i'm just talking specifically for the household so the point is, this is a lot of work. This takes a lot of managerial admin skills. This is the kind of thing that, you know, this isn't any light thing to jump into. God intended a woman to be able to use these kind of intellectual and like social and skills. Well, and this is what he will. This is just how God made it. So um, <clears throat> if the woman is contributing all things to the mission of the household kind of begs another question. Guys, are you providing, I think I already asked this question. Are you providing for your home in a way that allows for the wife to supply for and take care of the needs of your household? Or are you living in li- your life in such a way that allows the wife, well, are you living your life in a way that allows the wife to do this? Is what I'm asking. Does that make sense? It's kind of unclear. Point is, guys, once again, are you living your life in a way that lets your wife maximize these skills and abilities? Or are you just kind of letting her, well, I don't care what she does, I don't know. We're not really setting any clear goal. The whole purpose here is for guys to be setting a very clear mission statement and goal for the household. And so are the men in our lives, are the men in your, your lives really helping you maximize those skills, maximize those abilities you have, maximize your education, so on and so forth for the purpose of godliness. That's the whole goal here. So I'm going to have to skip down a few verses and go down to, <clears throat> let's go down to verse 20. Bear with me. Like I said, we're short on time, so I'm just going to keep cutting past a few verses. I'll go down to verse 20, which says, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. So here we see the godly woman who is one who not only cares for, uh, for her household, but she also has compassion on the poor. She extends her hand to the poor. This is a woman who actually reaches out, extends her hands, makes an intentional effort to invest her life in the poor as well. Not only is she excelling and doing well in the household, but she is also, uh, she also has the ability, to, the ability to reach out to the poor and make an investment in her life as well. So the verse says, she extends her hand to the poor, Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy, who are the needy in this verse. Ideally, the way it's worded here, the word for needy kind of describes a, like a very, a category, a, a certain various type of category of needs. It could be a woman or a person or somebody who is needy financially or somebody who is needy and destitute spiritually, someone who's bound up in like spiritual bondage. The point is, is the woman here reaching out and are you ladies reaching out to people in your life out of compassion? Are you reaching out and extending a hand to the poor? Are you investing time in those who need some godly counsel, those who need some guidance, those who need freedom from uh, bondage in their life? I think it's a kind of a neat thing that we're doing when we, uh, hold a lot of like freedom appointments here in the church for people that are in bondage that are deceived. We try to get them out of the deceptions that Satan has them under, and we're trying to get them into freedom in Christ, which is the whole whole purpose of freedom in Christ ministries. So are you a lady who mentors other women? And men, I can ask the same or a similar question. Do you have that kind of compassion that you can build into your mission for the household? Are men living a life of compassion where they say, yes, we're going to live this life according to godliness, And are you setting a standard that includes that compassion, that includes that, hey, we're we're definitely going to make some time for the needy. We're going to make some time for those who are destitute. We're going to make some time to reach out and minister to those in need. Is that part of how you live life? Is that part of what you do for your household? And so, yes, the ladies are meant to be doing this according to godly character, but are the guys setting that kind of standard? If we're meant to be having a godly household, are men setting that standard in the households where we have that um, trait, that godliness, that compassionate, so on and so forth? So verse (coughs) verse 21, let me skip on down to that one. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. So tying this back into some of the previous verses, she is not afraid of snow for her household. Why would she not be afraid of snow for her household? Number one, because we're following the Lord and serving him faithfully. He's our provider as he provides for us. We have a woman who is very skilled at getting out there, finding the right deals and so forth. She knows that she has everything her household needs. She's out there finding the right kind of scarlet, the right kind of clothing, everything her household needs for them to succeed well. This is a woman who's not living in fear. She has all the right things for her household to succeed. says all her household is clothed with scarlet. We see a woman here who knows how to find the right kind of clothing, the right kind of product, everything necessary for her household to succeed, for them to just really maximize their abilities in the home. So let me tie that into verse 22, which says she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So yes, it describes a woman who is skilled with like sewing and so on It's so forth and cloth making. Uh, The point is her clothing is fine linen and purple. Not only does this godly woman make fine clothing, like she makes clothing that she's able to enjoy. Somehow this woman has a strong knack for fashion. That's just how God, I think that's just part of how God made women, he intended them to have a good, uh, strong act for, for, for fashion. So uh, keep in mind that fine linen and purple were the materials used for those who could afford wealthy and luxurious lifestyles. So we have here a wife who sees herself as one suited for a, belly, a very wealthy and luxurious wife lifestyle, which is a good thing in many ways. If you make that your number one priority, not a good thing. Um <clears throat> So we tie this in with verse 21, where it says she's not afraid for her household. Verse 22, she makes tapestry for herself. Clothing is fine linen and purple. You tie these verses in, I think they were strategically placed there. So we think of a woman who knows fashion, who can provide for her household very well, can make the finest clothing that's out there. I think these verses were placed there very strategically, right after the verses that talk about her being compassionate, being uh, one who Reaches out to the poor, so on and so forth. Because if you jump down to verse twenty-five, well, verse twenty-four mentions how she makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies sashes for the merchants. Verse twenty-five: Strength and honor are her clothing. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. So, how do you match that up with what just said? You know, fine linen and purple are her clothing, but it just said strength and honor are her clothing. So, how do you make sense of all this? The point here is you have a woman who is clothed with strength and honor. Yes, she does these things well. She excels in the world well and does these things very uh, proficiently, but she's a woman who is not identified by those things. Does that make sense? She does not build her life around materialism and around material wealth. She can do those things well, but that's not her identity. So strength and honor are her clothing, meaning these character qualities, strength, honor, clothing. It can be very clearly seen from her life. Those character qualities are something that's obvious, something that people can say about very well. And so, <clears throat> strength here, when it comes to what the Bible is talking about in strength, it's a woman who is known for being like tough in the midst of adversary, or, uh, adversity and a woman who's not really driven by fear, a woman who's not like, taken down by all of world circumstances as they come. So what about honor? It goes back to the same word of like uh, being a virtuous wife. So the word for honor here also describes a woman who is a woman of splendor, honor, a woman of majesty, so on and so forth. And so once again, I'm going to kind of beat the same drum back towards the guys here. Do you see women that way? Is that what you're looking for in a woman? Are you looking for those character qualities? Ladies, do you live this life that is clearly driven by the Lord, guided by him, able to do these things well for his purposes, in some cases, a household. And so the second part of that verse, it says, she's not afraid of, uh, Husband is known at the gates. Bear with me. Lost my spot. Oh, she shall rejoice in the time to come. There we go. Verse 25. Strengthen on our hard clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. My translation says it that way. Other translations say she laughs at the future. She mocks at it. So if this is a woman who is laughing and is joyful about the future, what does it not say here? It says this is not a woman who is driven by fear. Not a woman who is driven by anxiety. Not a woman who is trying to fearfully compulsively make decisions that will kind of make a mess of things. This is a woman who has that confidence, that trust. And so once again, going back to the men here, you set that kind of standard to where your wife has that confidence, that trust, that safety in you, to where she's not going to be, you know, as you're following the Lord, she knows you're going to make decisions out honor the Lord. Does that make sense? It goes back to the idea of men living a life that clearly portrays Christ in the lives. And so ladies, we live a life driven by, Fear and anxiety, or do we love the life that honors the Lord? It trusts Him. So I'm gonna to have to go back to this last part of let me go to verse 26 and I'll kind of wrap up here. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. This is a, is a woman who is, when she opens her mouth, wisdom comes out. And so when Jesus said in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, this is a woman who is driven by wisdom, who when she opens her mouth, wisdom comes out. Not only is she a woman who is kind, but it says her tongue is the law of kindness. It's like this woman makes the definition of the law. Like she is kindness when she says that thing. It's funny how, uh, you know, I'll give you guys three guesses as to what word kindness is used here. Any idea? Yes. Look at that. That's it. you learned something from that. It's great. <laughs> um, this is a woman who, yes, she is wise. Where do we get wisdom from? The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord or comes from the fear of the Lord. On her tongue is a law of kindness. These are attributes that come from the Lord. So clearly these are character traits that a woman gets as she obeys the Lord, as she knows him, as she comes more conformed to her image. So I'm going to touch on that for a moment and I'm going to go back down to verse 28. Yeah, I'm going to have to try to finish up right here. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. So verse 28 is saying, this godly household has children that rise up and call the mother blessed and her husband also he praises her verse 29 is the husband praising her many daughters have done well but you excel them all i had to stop and kind of think about this verse for a second her children rise up and call her blessed i think there's something in the bible that talks about honoring your mother and father Last i check that was still there hasn't been taken out yet uh never will be her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It is publicly affirming her, praising her. Is that a way to love your wife? Yes, it is. Many daughters have been well. You excel them all. You stand out above everyone else. You are the number one. So the point here is, if you have a household whose children are honoring their mother and father, I mean, specifically mother, but I think you can say honoring mother and father. You have a husband who is loving his wife. What does that tell you about this household? This is a household that follows godly standard. This is a household whose children rise up. Her children are trained up in godliness and in godly character. Children know the word, obviously. If they're doing what, you know, the Ten Commandments command them to and a husband is over here visibly portraying what it means to love your wife, this is a household that clearly portrays godliness. So last question I'm going to ask for everybody. Guys in here, if you're looking to become a godly husband, do you, yes, live that life clearly portraying godly character, and do you know how to train others in your life with that well? Ladies, are you raising the children, along with the men too, raising children in godliness? Are you teaching them the word? Are you setting that standard in your household way that says, this is a household that honors the Lord. This is a household where we revere his word, where we respect him, where we do what the Lord wants us to. So I apologize, I had to skim through a lot of this today, but <clears throat> this is something that uh, the Lord really laid on my heart. If we're going to serve the Lord, if we want to get ourselves prepared for marriage, relationships, so on and so forth, character development is where it's at. The only character you want to follow is that of Christ. Get to know the Lord. Get to know his word. Become disciplined in those areas of lives. Men become leaders. It happens as you follow the Lord. So on and so forth. The point is follow Jesus and he makes these things well. Uh, coming from broken backgrounds the more you obey the lord the more you honor him and just trust him and surrender like to him he can heal and redeem these areas for lives he can bring fullness and completeness, even if you never get married god can make you everything he desired you to be which is something that is far above rubies that's something that is that precious gemstone so uh let me say a quick prayer and we do have to kind of wrap things up again father we thank you for this morning and for this opportunity just to see your face together in fellowship I praise you for your mercies and your kindness and truth. Thank you for this time just to spend time in fellowship and for your grace and uh, peace in our lives. I do just want to ask, Lord, that you bless us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd show us the areas of our lives that we need to surrender to you. Even um, if there's anything that's out of step, anything that was, we didn't think about this before, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would guide our hearts. You'd speak to us today, even me, Lord, in the areas where I don't leave my family as well as I need to, in the areas where I'm not valuing my wife and the women the way that I need to. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us, you'd speak to us, you'd correct us and challenge us. Show us the things you want us to do that will let us please you mean your team. So we trust you with us morning, Lord, we thank you for this day. Ask your blessings and peace over us as we fellowship today. Trust me in all things, and thank you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, thank you, Zoomers, for coming in. And that's all I got. <laughs>